This is Town Square Sunday On Demand. And now, 1420 WBSM's Jim Phillips. Jack Spillane, columnist for the New Bedford Light, joins us today. Jack has uh, joined us periodically during the year to review and comment on some of the top stories of the year. We thought today it would be good to take a second look at some of those stories, maybe even a third look. (laughs) So welcome back, Jack. Nice to be here, Jim. Of course, one of the biggest stories of the year was the Commonwealth, uh, actually UMass Dartmouth, shutting down the UMass Dartmouth College of Visual and Performing Arts, located in the Star Store in downtown New Bedford. Uh, The Commonwealth certainly shoulders uh, some blame in this. Uh, The landlord, Paul Downey, UMass President Marty Meehan, UMass Dartmouth Chancellor Mark Fuller, lawmakers, Senator Montigny, whoever is to blame, uh, the end result is the same. The students are holding the short end of the stick. You, you would definitely call the closure of the Star Store campus one of the biggest stories of, of 2023. There's a lot of blame that's to go around. I think I've spread some of it in my column. Sure. Uh, I think that the bottom line is that the university doesn't want to be there. Uh, the mayor and Senator Montigny have both uh, pleaded with the governor to intervene. She has not. She has said that there are negotiations going on um, to try to do something. But at the same time, Chancellor Fuller two weeks ago gave an interview in which he said he's considering building a one-story addition to the CVPA building on the Dartmouth campus. Uh, and he's talking about, I need to own that building because of what happened with the Star Store, which he could have owned for a dollar, <laughs> but Montigny didn't fund it when he didn't take it for the dollar because he doesn't want to pay any more money to owner Paul Downey. So there you go. That That is the uh, the Cliff Notes version of all of this. But clearly, um, it's students who are at the short end of the stick. I know that some people are saying, well, hey, it's only 150 students or so, whatever it is. What's the big deal? Well, the big deal is papers were signed, tuition was paid. Students thought they were going to receive a first-class arts education in a downtown where they're surrounded by artists and the arts community. It's not quite the same at the former Bed Bath & Beyond building. No, the Bed Bath & Beyond building, if you can believe the students, has not been up to snuff uh, when it comes to the, um, not even the ability to have sinks that drain and and, um, to dispel fumes from, you know, the artistic endeavors that go on there. Um, I do feel that the students have been sort of the, the uh, um, almost a roadkill in this whole thing. I hate to use a term like that, but but um, I've gotten to know some of them. They're wonderful kids. They're paying $10,000 a semester to go there in a three-year program. And the kind of kid that's going to do a, a Master of Fine Arts in the Fine Arts is a kid who's marching to a different drummer to begin with. And they put all this effort into their education and they had big studios and access to big kilns in the um, Stastro building. Because they closed the campus two weeks before classes were to begin, they were not able to replicate that quickly. They did have some smaller studios and some smaller kilns, but the kids felt that they did not get what they bargained for. They, I think they you can watch... They did not get what they paid for. Not, well, I would put it that way. The chancellor says they did, that, that these things happened, and we did the best we could you know, giving them other kinds of uh, facilities. Um, uh, 
they two of them have opened a storefront in downtown New Bedford. And I mentioned that as a ray uh, of hope recently. You wrote a column earlier this month about two masters of fine arts students opening their own storefront in downtown New Bedford, and uh, they want to show some of their work. They believe they believed in the Star Store, and they believe in New Bedford as an arts community, which is a wonderful thing. You think some of these uh, young people might say, "Well, the heck with this," you know. We, uh, they closed the star store. The community couldn't get it open again. You know, what's going on? That that art school did have an excellent reputation. One of these students came from Arizona, and the other one came all the way from Iran to to, to go to school there. Uh, she had by way of Chicago, but 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 she was not living locally. Um, these kids say that they were not able to do the um, for sale items that they normally do because of all the distractions this semester. They didn't get there. But what they are doing in this storefront where the women's um, fund used to be, is um, on the just at, across from the uh, Custom House Park, is displaying some of the items they made. And even those items couldn't be at the large scale that they wanted to because they did not have access to the large kilns. Yep. Um, and I know you've done a follow-up column uh, recently. Um what yeah. was the gist of that? Yeah, the, the follow-up column was just giving the chancellor a, a little bit of a, a, a criticism because now he's saying that they want to have this one-story building on campus because they can't trust the state because they could be defunded. But before, he had a chance to have that building and didn't take it because he said it was too expensive. A lot of his numbers have been discredited since the time that he said it was too expensive. So I felt he deserved some criticism, and I also wanted to spotlight that Governor Healy, in an interview uh, in Boston uh, two weeks ago, uh, blamed the legislature. She didn't use Senator Martigny's name, but it was him that was the person who, you know, did not put the money in. She said it would still be there. The state was willing to do it. She was willing to sign it, um, but they they took the money out. And so, so, I, it was astonishing that the um, governor of the state is essentially blaming the local legislators. And that means Senator Montigny, even though she didn't mention him by name, uh, that shows you how far we've fallen in terms of influence on Beacon Hill. And uh, but she still insists there's negotiations going on, right? She does, and and the mayor does, um, and Senator Montigny does. Maybe there is. Every time I ask them, can you give me some information about what are some of the ideas that are being floated around? Nothing. I understand that they want to do it behind closed doors so it won't fall apart, but. Um, the fact that it's been four months that I, um, I think I'm a pretty good reporter on this issue and I haven't gotten any specifics about exactly what they're discussing makes me wonder, what are they discussing? Sure. Well, we'll keep watching and listening in 2024. Hopefully there's more information that will come our way. On a positive note, the offshore wind industry has come to New Bedford. If you take a drive down the waterfront, uh, around through the South Terminal area, you will notice that the landscape there is a lot different. A lot different. And not only in the South Terminal, but downtown. There are now four poles that are almost as tall as the turbine parts in the South End. And I'm told those are to lift up um, uh, boats that need to be, be is it fueled or... or um, it has something to do with the wind yeah. uh, to, to, to equip them to be able to do what they're doing. So the New Bedford waterfront ha still has the fishing boats and the picturesque 
scenes that we're all accustomed to in the sure. middle of the waterfront. But on either end now, it looks very much like an industrial waterfront for the first time since I've been here 24 yeah, years. And I felt the same way. This is a different, This is the, when I drove by, this was a different look, uh, a hopeful look uh, that uh, there can be uh, a re, uh, more jobs, generation of jobs there. But Personally, I'm glad we're getting a share of the wind industry. There has been some legitimate criticism that the jobs are not local. And there's also a lot of um, opposition in the fishing industry and criticism about that. And I know, and, and that that is yet to be resolved. But it, the wind industry appears to be going maybe not full speed ahead, but moving ahead every day. And the question about jobs, uh, that still remains. Uh, obviously, when these folks first arrived in New Bedford, they talked about jobs and local people and all of those things. Um, I think we're still getting some questions about that. Yeah. Unless Steve, you know differently. The, the Steve Adores Union did a, a job action, and they relented. They originally, originally weren't hiring the local guys who unload the boats and so they got some jobs. Uh, I don't think it's more than 25 of them or, or, or so. But other things, which are more technical and different, you know, I, I think that the tugboats are not local tugboats that are escorting those boats. Now, in their defense, I think that this is a very specialized industry and specialized skills are needed, but you can't see why they couldn't teach the local people to do whatever the specialized skills well, I are. I say there's some teaching needed. going on, BCC, and got a new building on the waterfront, I guess, uh, in the North Terminal area. I mean, I, I hope that there are some jobs, really, because it's, yeah. uh, it's all great to see all this up yeah. and running, but if we don't have 100, 200, 300, 400 people working on this industry, I mean, what... Uh, What's the point? And, yeah, and the there's point? also been the issue of how much what's revenue are we we getting? Because as you know, revenue on the waterfront generally comes through mooring fees and harbor development fees. Yeah. And I'm not exactly sure what they're getting and, and, and if anything has been waived uh, to get them here. I think that's questions for 2024. Yeah. How we, you know, how yeah. how profitable is this, and what progress are we making on? Uh, yeah, on hiring New Bedford. Uh, it's, it's a it's a no win proposition. If the city had said, "Oh, we're just going to concentrate on fishing," and all of it had gone to Rhode Island and New Jersey and Fall River, even which is going to have a, a share of it, I think there would have been criticism that way. So, but you know, there are some details we do need to know more yeah, about. We're darned if you do, and darned if you don't. But I, I really do think we we need more information and. Uh, I'm not sure that it's forthcoming. I'm not sure that it's, it's, there's a lot flowing in terms of uh, information from the industry itself. You've got to do better. I I agree. And from the mayor's office, I think. Okay. You're listening to Town Square Sunday. I'm Jim Phillips. My guest is New Bedford Light columnist Jack Spillane. We're talking about some of the top stories of the year. Um, Well, wind industry is here. We're still waiting for the arrival of commuter rail in New Bedford. There's been a number of start dates that have been announced or mentioned. Now state officials are saying sometime in 24. Uh, I know you're probably waiting, right, Jack? I'm waiting. I, I keep looking at that pedestrian bridge that they're supposed to be building, that they are building, across Route 18. And it was supposed to be done by the end of the year. I think we have 10 days left in the year. It doesn't look I like it's anywhere near done. Yeah, I, 
and look at that too. Um, why can't the mayor and city council get along? We spent a lot of time <laughs> in the middle of the year talking about this. One of the big controversies this year was the council voting substantial pay raises for a handful of department heads, much higher than what you might expect, much higher than what I think the mayor would recommend. The mayor called them out. Eventually, the package was modified. What was that all about? Well, you know, I think that in the best of circumstances, the city council and um, whoever is mayor, it's a tense relationship. They have different roles. Uh, I think the communication is not always great. There is also perhaps some jealousy and some uh, micromanaging that the uh, council wants to do. It was astonishing to see them take a handful of employees and give them not just higher raises than the personnel director recommended when they reclassified the salaries, but also a bump on retirement that Councilor Naomi Carney, who I'm told is going to be the new council president in the new year, uh, pushed through. And some employees were set to get 50% raises in one fell swoop. Now they reduced them to 25%, but that still didn't sit well with some people. We had a short-lived um, attempt to put something on the ballot about council term limits. It was, it was a big issue in 2023. And of course, uh, we had some debate about ballot questions uh, that, that took place. One of them, rent control, one of them, you you know them better than I do. Yeah, so there's rent control, the four-year mayoral term, and repealing the community preservation law. And they all went on in one night, and then they all came back off uh, two <laughs> weeks later, right, or four weeks later. Um, it was it, it just looked like the council trying to muscle through some of their pet peeves. Yeah. And uh, rent control, I think, in particular, there is a rent crisis in the city. Um, it's a legitimate issue, but this is a fairly conservative council, and, and that came... It looked like it went on as a deal with the um, community preservation of four-year mayoral term repeals, and it looked like it came. All, it all fell apart. Uh, you don't see much uh, hope, at least at this juncture, for rent control? I don't. I, I think we have, um, in the best of times, o- only two or three progressive councilors, in, and we have some very conservative councilors on there. All right, Jack, thank you for coming in. Always a pleasure to talk with you. You can read Jack Spillane's columns, always entertaining, at newbedfordlight.org. Thanks again. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year, Jim. Happy New Year to you, too, as well, Jack, and Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, and uh, we'll talk again in 24. Very good. Stay with us. Town Square Sunday returns in just a moment. 